0: Hooper now offloads. Oh, so close. Still short. Oh, Blauwanga. Big Teddy Yellow There he is. He's over. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. We are two diehard rugby fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby, real family friendly and positive. Get involved. Get involved. Now, this is a great episode this week because we are doing our review or preview. Sorry, I've fallen into the trap and I did last <laughs> every week. Every
1: time. Yeah, every time. Our episode. preview
0: of the upcoming t- 2021 Super Rugby AU season, and we're up to the Waratahs. Whoop, whoop. So, this whoop, will be whoop. a long episode and a great episode. And. <laughs> Everyone else is just going to have to sit through this one, unfortunately. Yeah, well,
1: basically, we've decided as a result of the trial results on Friday night, plus the awesome chat we had with our guest, which we'll mention in a sec, uh, that the TARS are going to top the table this year. Yep. So, super exciting, glad. You know what? You can just switch off now, everybody. You, you've heard yep. what we're going to say. TARS are the number one team TARS in number super one Actually, in the whole in a whole competition, including New Zealand comp as well, yep. um, Tars Tars top of the table. So yep. easy done. All right. Well, mate, thanks I'm everyone. Super excited. Thanks
0: for for joining everyone. We'll see you next week.
1: Yep. Yep. Bye. <laughs> All right. Why don't I run through the socials and then you can tell everyone what we're actually talking about tonight? Okay. Cool. So Instagram hashtag pick underscore drive underscore rugby. You can hit us up on Facebook at Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast and Twitter at pick underscore drive rugby. So get involved, have a chat. Oh, and don't forget our tipping comp, which is starting up super soon because the competition begins on the 17th. You can go to superbrew.com and search for pick and drive rugby. And you'll find us, I think we've nearly up to 30 people that yeah, have signed on, up. From this afternoon,
0: over. we're on 27. So hey, numbers exciting. are looking really good. And I'm, I'm hopeful that the numbers will start to surge in the next two weeks as we get into the season and people start thinking about which comp they're going to join. It will be ours. Just put it will it. be ours. Yep, Yeah.
1: I've already uh, locked in my picks for the first week, first Ooh. round, and I, I did the full lock so I could see what other people have done. And I've made some contentious calls already, so I'm
0: excited. Well, that's to see good because to... um, and you'll have to remember what you've said because it's going up on the pod beforehand. So oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you can't can't change your pick now. You're locked in. Oh well, that's why I'm oh, waiting. I'm waiting. I, I will reveal it on the pod and then I'll put it in the, the app. But, <laughs> all um, right. So what are we doing tonight? Tonight we are we have joined by one of the Waratahs' leading point scorers, I guess from last year. That's not what I was going to yeah. say, but up and coming <laughs> um, number ten, Will Harrison. He's had a great breakout year last year, 2020, and he's looking to improve on that in 2021. So, yeah, very lucky to have him on board for a good chat. We do some we chat about some really exciting things, and um, but before we get into that, we will preview or review, actually, not preview preview after that we will review the waratahs trial game against the reds in narrabri on friday night we'll keep that short and simple so we don't go on too long um and then we'll move into the chat with will harrison and then after that we'll do our preview of the rep waratahs season for 2021
1: all right let's get into it let's go all right stop the press you heard it here first the waratahs are going to win super rugby au so that is based entirely upon their dominant performance in a trial match against the Queensland Reds up at Narrabri winning 45 to 33 against a team that definitely was full of first choice players. Um, yeah. I don't know, mate. It's, it's hard to take a lot out of this win. Uh, there were some really positive things. There were some areas of concern both for both teams genuinely, but there were also some really bright points too. So Mitch and I are basically going to start off with three questions or we're going to go through three questions it's going to start with who did well who did not and then where does this lead to for round one pretty simple are you okay with that mitch i am yeah looking forward to it all right let's jump in can you start off and we're, we're trying to keep this segment like 10 to 15 at the max so mate we've got our timers going and be pretty well
0: Uh, I was really impressed with Jake Gordon. So uh, Mm. he came on in the second quarter. So they were playing quarters for this game. And from the moment that he came on, he really made an impact. He scored this fantastic Superman try um, that we, and then he scored a few opportunistic tries throughout the game. He He scored two tries all up. Two, yep. Yeah, too. So he scored another one later on. But yeah, from the moment he came on, he just was everywhere. It was just he clearly had intent that he wanted to, um, to prove, I guess, the naysayers wrong around his captaincy choice potentially. Um, and yeah, just that he's going to be that starting nine come round one. And it really made a difference. So I was really impressed with Jake Gordon. I think that is a big call, a good call. Um, the other person who was call, really cool. impressive, a big call, no,
1: okay. a good call. Um, I was really impressed with Moses Sorobi for the Reds. Yeah. He, we, we didn't see Tate
0: McDermott at all. Um, we, we didn't, did we? Or did he come on right near the end? Yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of an interesting decision around the the Reds. And I just want to quickly touch on that while we're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, so they brought in, they, they left a lot of their Wallabies contingent back in Brisbane, didn't bring them um, to Narrabri for the trial to, I guess, rest them. But then they also played some of the players who were quite impactful in the Wallabies. So Dalgunu played on the wing and he played for a lot of the game. Um, mm. So it makes it sort of raises questions why a player like Dalgunu's playing, um, but Tate McDermott's not when he didn't feature that much for the Wallabies in the season. So you don't think it's like a game management, game time sort of resting scenario. I don't know what the go was there.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one, Um, but regardless, Moses Sorovi looked really sharp. He was doing some great delivery from the base of the ruck, uh, particularly considering that the Reds' forwards weren't that dominant. Mm. Um, They weren't the usual. They were very good at, um, disrupting the Waratahs' ball, but at the same time they weren't having the really strong clear-outs over their own ball. And Moses Throvey, particularly, oh, also other line-outs. We're gonna, we might talk about this later. But the Queensland Reds' line-out was a shambolic for almost all of the game. Well, if you go back and watch um, and- it, both
0: teams really were
1: yeah yeah, true, but I've definitely a got blue tinted glasses. <laughs> 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 I was only watching the t- uh, Reds on that one. Um, and Sorovi had a lot of messy ball that he had to clean up, and he actually did really well with it. so i was I was impressed. He also got I think one try from backing up a really good break from Jock Campbell too. So yeah, I think Moses Sorovi is going to be pushing Tate McDermott um, in a way that's really positive for. And the I think Reds. that
0: was one of our um our criticisms of him last year is that he kind of drifted in and out of games, even if he wasn't yep. necessarily starting was coming on as that reserve number nine. He wasn't as punchy as he could be or needed to be to try and push for that starting selection. And he, I think it looks like he's worked on that in his off season. So it was really good to see that. Um, A person I was really impressed with was for all the Reds as well was Jock Campbell. He scored their opening try or, if he didn't score it, he set it up with this great sort of dummy step around uh, Moera mm. and Rwamanidawasi. Yep. So, yeah, I was really impressed with him. He just sort of was popping up all over the place. Playing fullback, he was quite heavily involved in the lead up to that try. And then later yeah. on in the in the game as well, he was quite heavily involved. So I didn't see much of Jack Maddox when he came on. I don't think he was as involved as Jock Campbell. Um, and he also didn't play as much game time either. But, yeah, really impressed with Jock Campbell.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, I think we might just go maybe one more each before we move on. Uh, I was really happy with Harry Johnson Holmes. And I say that because he often has the physique of a front row forward that you would expect of a front row (laughs) forward. Like he's a strong guy. He's pretty fit. That can last for kind of 60 minutes within a game. But when I saw him walk out onto the field, he just looked strong and lean yeah. And not lean in like an underpowered kind of way, but he just didn't have that front pouch that mo- that so many props do. And it just looked like Wolby's camp and a preseason had diamond done him a world of good. And I hope he he played very well. The Waratahs Scrum was good within the first half. Yeah, um yeah. And so I, I look forward to seeing him hopefully translate that into the full super rugby AU season.
0: Yeah, great. Great, great that we've mentioned some front rows as well. Um, my next point, and I'll, <laughs> I'll mention both these guys together. So Tane Edmed started for his first time in Super Rugby and this level um, at number 10 for the Waratahs and he was serviceable. He was probably yep. better than I was initially expecting him to be. He didn't have as much involvement uh, as Will Harrison did when he came on. Harrison yep. came on in the, the second half, so the four, third quarter. And from the moment he was on, he just sort of took control of the whole game and just sparked the backs a lot more. But I guess that comes with a whole season. Season of Super Rugby under his belt, so Edmed was a really good sign coming in. Um, we yep. did see Ben Donaldson briefly last year, and it already I'm starting to think that Edmed might have more skills and just be a little bit that step above Donaldson. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing how the selection goes this year, whether Edmed does get that start or that reserve spot over Donaldson.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, aside from Ed Med's horrible miss kick from in front after that first try, he was, he was serviceable. And the thing I liked about him was that he was playing at pace against the line. So he'd get the ball whilst running and be trying to s- sit and target those first couple of defenders to make sure they weren't just drifting to cover anything wide. Um, my final, actually, no, I think we need to move on to who yeah. didn't do well. Um, Somebody who I think... Well, I will just Actually, say gonna... quickly, I just wanted to quickly yep. say as yep. we move into
0: this, we don't want to be too judgmental of these players. It is the yep. First, yep. first time they're playing in 2021. There has been a long off season. Um, we're not saying that these guys are, are bad in any way. We just want to say maybe they weren't quite up to what we were expecting, seeing from them last year or the fact that some of these players were getting their first opportunity at this level. So that's I just want Agreed. To Yeah, thanks for that. And
1: one thing, I'll, one thing I'll quickly say as well is, I mean... We might joke as TARS fans about this record. Actually, it wasn't a record victory in any sense of the form. <laughs> this victory over the Reds. But, I mean, they were missing Taniello Tupo, James O'Connor, Jordan Pattaya, Harry Wilson, Tate McDermott, Lukan Salakai Loto, Brendan payne and Hunter Paisami. Eight. Wallabies players yep. so and and by the time the final quarter came around the Waratahs had a near starting team on the pitch yeah so it's just w- let's be realistic about this um who were a couple of the people that did not live up to what you are hoping for within this trial match
0: yeah so um the first play from the Waratahs that I really wasn't impressed with was Tepai Morera, uh, playing number 12 to start with he just oh, I don't know we we only saw him play one game last year and he didn't have a massive involvement for me in that game i was sort of questioning if maybe he was still transitioning into the union uh, the 15-man code but again this game it seemed very much to me like he was playing one up crash ball sort of take on the line and then pass out the back very similar to like what a a center in rugby league would do but it just didn't seem to be working Mm for me um he didn't seem to be sort of breaking the line at all. It was kind of him. He's a big boy. He's got the ability to to punch through some of those smaller guys, but he just wasn't doing that. Um, and considering that this is, there's a bit of contention, who's going to be our centers this year. I thought he yep. needed to be better. When Joey Walton came on, he, he was completely he had a much better game, all-rounded game than Moera did. And, and Moera played more game time than Walton did. So, um, yeah, for me, I just, I don't know whether it was a coaching thing that they were telling him to just take the ball to the line and then try and get that offload or or set up that second phase. But mm-hmm. it just didn't seem to be working for me. So not all that yeah. impressed.
1: Yeah, look, I hear that. And defensively, he was at fault for that Jock Campbell break. Um yep. Jock Campbell just stepped off his right and burned him on the inside. And also to his credit, though, soon after that, it was his pop cutout pass that went led to Woods's first try, yep. the starting lock. Yeah. Um, he that was very well done. So credit to him for that. That was a nice little cutout ball that led to the break. Um, but look, I, I do agree with you. It wasn't Uh, the quality performance i was hoping for he was very much being used as that first ball crash like first crash ball runner off first phase play and they were then looking for a quick recycle to then play it with a bit of width and get out to the faster outside backs yeah it just i don't know it just seemed a bit predictable and maybe in this day and age we need that well I'd argue I mean, that we had a fair bit of success with the wide plays. I'd need to go back and watch it again to see if they were coming directly after them or where crush crash-ups. Yeah, I but, just felt
0: like once we got Joey Walton on the field that he was able... We ended up... We actually were playing wider and breaking the lines more often. I don't know whether yeah, that comes down to when he came on or what the, the tired Reds' defense. Um, but yeah, he just seemed more effective and we seemed to be in more space. Yeah. Um. I
1: guess the only other person that I'm just trying to think, is there anyone that I wasn't overly impressed with? Look, it was really hard to tell because the camera angle wasn't great yeah. for the match. And so it, for the, some of the players that I'm not the best at knowing by sight, mm-hmm. um, because we had a lot of kind of academy players or a lot of newer players in a squad for both teams. I mean, I I, I know I run a rugby pod, but unfortunately <laughs> I don't know every single player by sight and whether not wearing the normal numbers, it is a bit harder. Yep. So yeah, I can't say that there were too many players I was particularly unimpressed with. How about you?
0: Yeah. Um, I thought Mark dewasi was, he was okay on the wing. One of the, Criticisms of his game last year was around his uh, defensive um, it Didn't seem to be improved that much this year. He also was to blame for that try that when um, Jock Campbell stepped around Moera, he was right there as well. He could have made mm. that tackle and he just wasn't sort of in, ready for it. Um, that's probably the only thing I would say about him is that, yeah, he was... Probably hasn't improved on that. One thing that I did notice when we first started the game, and um, I don't know whether this was a coaching thing or just an approach to the game, but we had Charlie um, Gamble starting at number seven uh, for the first, I think he played 20 minutes and then they replaced him with Tizano and they swapped back and forth throughout the rest of the game. But when Gamble was on, there really wasn't much Presence for the for, from the Waratahs in the breakdown, so we weren't on the ball quite heavily. Uh, but then when Tazuna came on, he was that sort of poaching player. So I don't know whether that was a coaching yep. thing where they were telling Gamble to not hit the breakdown and just set yep. up defensively. Or whether he just isn't as comfortable as it, like we've seen Hooper do in the past. Um, but yeah, Tizano was more present at the breakdown. So I did like that. Yep. And I, I did, I just noticed myself seeing Tizano doing more at the breakdown than I saw Gamble doing. I only ever really saw him around sort of scrum time um, yep. with that dirty mode that <laughs> he's got, I he think, in that <laughs> come round one. But um, yeah, I, again, that's the only other thing. Um, and one other point, I guess, from both sides, the line out throwing was pretty poor. Um, when we saw Tom Horton come on last year, he was quite serviceable at the lineout and he was throwing in a number of overthrows. And I don't know whether that's just rust, um, big preseason, bit tired. I don't know what it was. But yeah, all of the lineouts just didn't seem to be going or sticking um, this week.
1: Yeah. So I think if we move now, which you kind of have to our final question of where does this leave us for round one? Um, I think genuinely there will be confidence coming from Natas. They despite some defensive weaknesses had some really good position uh, moments of defensive integrity on their trial line. So that was really positive. They'd have some very good play width. I think that one of the things that was really impressive on and during the game on Friday was their ability to get width in their attack, even with a lot of pressure, not from a full kind of blitz umbrella defense but from people that were rushing up on the kind of the second playmaker out the back like it, it was often Will Harrison um there was a couple of times where just really quick hands and skilled quick hands were able to get the ball past that pressure and to the wide men out front yeah um so I think one of the one of the last tries was that Will Harrison quick tap yeah. on to Alec Newsom, yeah um who ran Popped through a Nice yeah so- yeah, yeah, he, caught, he got smashed after it, but that was that's great. Like you want the players to recognise where the space is and to be able to commit to it. So, what I think is um, they're going to take confidence from it, but the Reds are also going to recognise that it wasn't their full team, yep. and they also got some good game time for a, a much larger number of their squad. Yep. So that serves them well if they're ironing injuries into the future.
0: Yeah, and uh, I agree with that. And what you said previously is my point to sum up this trial game the Reds really this isn't the side that we were going to see come round one not by a long shot there's as you said eight of their Wallabies players weren't playing that's more than half the team so come round one they're going to have a completely different side face up by the end end of the game we basically had our full Waratahs team bar maybe one or two players and even some bench players that weren't playing so yeah I'm a little bit worried that we might have shown our hand a little bit too early um And yeah, once we come up against a big team, we may fall into the same uh, issues. But yeah, it's uh, I'll take the win. I'm happy with it. Went out two yeah, from we'll two over the Reds, so we'll take that. Um, and all the Queenslanders yep. can know that you know you've got a big thing coming round one. But um, being realistic, yeah, I don't think it's it's any t- any call to start thinking booking your finals tickets just yet.
1: Okay, so are we doing our tips now, or are we no. going to do it later in the pod? We're
0: going to do it later in the week
1: okay brilliant all right let's save it for then i think we can finish here and we'll move into the interview with will awesome
0: awesome let's go
1: all
0: right well now we are going to chat about our beloved waratahs and we are lucky enough to be joined by up and coming number 10 for the waratahs also member of the wallabies last year will harrison will how are you this evening yeah, really good, mate. Uh, it's been a
2: long day of training, but happy to be talking to you boys. Love talking about footy, so let's get underway.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, preseason is obviously a hard time for everyone. It's uh, from going over social media, it looks like you guys are training pretty hard as well. Um, what is a, <clears throat> sorry? What does a day in preseason look like for the Waratahs and for Will Harrison?
2: Yeah, this year it's... Um a bit different we've had a bit of a clean out with our SNC staff and a few physios are gone so it's a lot different of previous years but it's fresh and with a new squad a looking squad it's it's good for us. Um, our new uh SNC Benny Pell who's previously been the Brummies is big on his speed session so we'll get in there around eight o'clock make a coffee um, <laughs> talk chat some chat some stuff and then uh, we'll head out <laughs> head out in two groups but usually backs and forwards one we get in the gym and get their weights done while the other one's on the field doing their speed work. Um, then we'll have a bit of a unit session, uh, so that's like backs doing their starters and micro skills, the forwards obviously focus on a lot of set piece. Uh, after that lunch, freshen up a bit and then we'll be on the field as a team of Yava doing all our plays and focusing on what we want to get through and execute each day, so it's a long day, but um, like I said, I love my footy, so I really enjoy it and I'm loving being back in there after my break
1: now on that point you've you've had a wonderful christmas break i'm sure that a few of the guys have really dipped into that christmas pudding once or twice or thrice how do you feel about dobbing in some of your teammates who've had a little bit extra and had to do some fat club minutes or hours over the last few weeks <laughs> uh, to be
2: honest mate i think a lot of the boys um came back to pre-season really well i'm surprised oh, come
1: um, on <laughs> now
2: nah, i'd have to say someone like james Ram. he's um been a bit injured, so he, has, he hasn't been able to run or anything. So he's been stuffing his face in, in a lot of ham, but I think the beers as well in Byron Bay um, sorted him out. So, yeah.
1: how good? I was up there over Christmas, bugger, I didn't run into him. Oh, well, oh, really? I was up yeah. there. It was good fun. It's, it's a nice area. Uh, yeah. what, what were you doing to surfing the whole time?
2: Yeah, surfing. Um, I went with schoolmates, so it was just good to catch up with them because obviously, being in the bubble last year, I couldn't really um, get out and say hello. So I spent a lot of time with them. Had a few too many beers some nights, but um, it's, all, seems, it's all part of it, eh?
1: It seems like half the Waratahs squad was up there. I'm pretty sure was Harry Johnson Holmes up there for a bit as well.
2: Holmes he was up there. Um, Henry Robinson, a young halfback. Ben Donaldson was up there. Will Harris. No, there would have been about ten of us up there, so we ran wow. on. Wow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> How good. Um, well, do you have? Did the do the Tars have a particular focus for preseason? Then um, do you have goals or a direction that Rob Penny and the team are trying to direct you towards for 2021?
2: we have goals that we want to and focus areas that we want to hit each day. Um, That'd be in our training plans and stuff. But I think the main thing is just building on what we, what we started last year and, you know, it must have been frustrating for you two as fans, but we see it in a, in a, in a different light. Like we had a new coach who came on the scene late, Um, a new squad, like a lot of first year players like myself, um, still, still learning the game. And I think, um, we're just trying to build on our shape and the structures that Rob brought in last year and Wits and Gilly are working really hard in Attack and Dean, combining that together. Um, so there's a good link there for the players and uh, I think we'll be ready to, ready by around one against those Reds.
0: And COVID's still sort of kicking around. It's probably not the ideal pre-season that we were all hoping for. Mm. Um, has that affected the way that you're approaching pre-season at the moment? It, there's been some whispers that you guys are still sort of doing small groups or not quite into the, the full pre-season training as some of the other teams might have been able to do. COVID's
2: definitely affected us. Uh, we're back in a bubble because New South Wales is back, back as one of that hot spot in Sydney. Yeah. Um, we meant to be on camp this week, but that obviously got canned. Um, our first trial match against the Brumbies got canned so it's, it's a bit of a slap in the face mm. um it's shifted a few things around but to be honest man it's not really affecting us at all as in in terms of training loads and what we want to get out of it um boys are working really hard and we're doing everything we need to be prepared for our second trial match against the um reds in narrabri
0: cool
1: so you mentioned earlier that um it was rob penny's first year last year so there was a lot of kind of challenge and adjusting to what he was hoping for as a coach now that he's in his second year, can you give us a bit of insight into him as a person? So obviously he's a Kiwi that doesn't always go down well with an Australian audience, as we can see from Robbie Deans and his <laughs> treatment in the past. How's he been gelling with the team as a coach and what are some of the qualities that he brings to the table that we as your punter from the outside may not be aware of? Yeah. Um,
2: Rob, the, the best way I could describe I put put, to put into one word would just be positive. He's a really positive fellow and around a young group and around me, it, it really rubs you the right way. Um, last year, early on, I was still fighting my feet and probably struggled a bit. Not struggled, but just took a bit of time to find my groove. But he kept being positive with me and kept backing me. So that gave me a lot of confidence as a young, young player coming through. And I think a lot of our review sessions, he's not that, you know, that me, nasty fellow who's going to spray you or anything. He's really positive in the way he, he his language, the way he talks but also the way he wants to play. He wants to play a really positive style of rugby, uh, attacking footy, attacking kicks. And um, I think he's getting really excited about seeing uh, how, we, how, we built, how we built on our season last year and what we can bring out this year with an even younger group.
0: Yeah, if we stick on that, uh, that theme of Rob Penny, this uh, question comes from one of our Facebook followers, Simon Nelson. Um, given that Rob Penny has had a full pre-season this year to stamp his role as coach, what can we expect to see from the Tars that might have his flavour? Yeah, I think I just answered. Yeah, that you probably kind of me. did. I just realised. Yeah, <laughs>
2: no, but yeah. So, like, I, I, I'll re-emphasise on that point is that we're going to be really attacking in the way we want to play and with the ball. It's about using it and finding the space. Um, and then, obviously, you switching to D-wise, we want to be aggressive um, and really put teams under pressure and turn that momentum into attack. Uh, we've got. We've been training our spark attack really well, so turnovers and stuff could be coming to our advantage. We really want to take um, as much as we can from that into the season.
1: Yeah, it was one of the things that we noticed really well that a lot of Australian sides are doing, are trying to do more, but is to do that almost typically Kiwi approach of as soon as there's that turnover, it's an immediate opportunity for that aggressive offence, that lightning quick attack that you see so often from players like Bowden Barrett that just come in from fullback on an angle and then cut through that wide defence that's hopefully disjointed. Um, now, both Mitch and I are massive Waratahs fans, as you can probably tell from everything we're wearing and everything we said. Oh, thank you. Um, Love the thank kid. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. got on sale but that's okay so (laughs) this this next question kind of hurts us to say but Mitch and I aren't particularly confident about where the Waratahs might go this season if we're to be completely honest with all due respect to you um we've shared on the offseason a heap of experience in terms of caps and both super caps and international caps um how are you slash the team looking to respond to that really significant exodus of experience
2: uh, I guess it's the opposite of what you guys are thinking. We um, so either take it glass half empty, half full. And we're definitely seeing there's an opportunity to, um, you know, surprise a lot of people. Um, we've got minimal expectation this year with the squad we're going to put on the field, but we're ever so confident that, you know, with, when you have a young group, you have a lot of hunger and. I'm the sort of bloke who, you know, I, I, since you've said that, I, I hope I come on the podcast next year and just say, <laughs> I told you we'd prove you wrong. So I hope you do you know, as well. We, Very yeah, much yeah, hope so. And, and yeah, there's going to be, there's definitely going to be challenges and a lot of learning on the way. But, you know, we just want to perform every single, to the best of our ability each week and make you guys proud and continue supporting the Waratahs. That's our main goal and to build that fan base to back it was, you know, in 2014 and stuff.
0: Um, similar question to that kind of thread. The, the Waratahs team that we have this year in the squad is a lot different than what we've had in the past. Is there anyone that's particularly, uh, that's coming new, that's impressing you or is really putting their hand up to get some game time come pre season or round one?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of young boys um, coming through who have uh, definitely showed they're cap- more than capable of performing at the top level. I think you've got. Blokes like Joey Walton, who uh, had a few games last year, and he, he's just going to take that a lot of confidence out of last year and build on it. Um, Tepa Moroa, he's had a big preseason. Something that we saw late in late in the year against the Rebels, he just brought that edge at set piece, giving mm-hmm. us lots of game line. Yep. Um, you've got blokes Jack Grant. We signed his halfback from it from uh, the Beasties, and he's electric. So he's definitely going to bring a bit of spark um, off the bench. But then you've also got our new signing Izzy Parisi. Like he's an absolute gun, uh, very quick with the ball. Once he gets to know a bit of our knowledge, uh, and he's really eager to learn it, um, he'll be all over it. So, like I said, there's lots of lots of exciting people around the around the squad, and there's more than that I could just keep naming. But I don't want to be here or not speaking to your anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I love that you're a typical fire half, and you just named almost every back on the field. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Williams, a, a, a
2: smoky. I like him, Jerry Williams, a young 2nd uh, rower who can play in the back row.
1: Oh, fantastic. Okay, Ooh. that's a good name to look out for. Good Thank call. you. Good call. Um, now, we had, we had a chance. Oh, it must have been nearly 12 months ago now to have a really good chat with um harry johnson holmes and he's an absolute legend character he's a Uh, character isn't he (laughs) yeah very much so now um we know from him he loves to have a sing song show off his vocal cords. is there anybody else who brings a bit of energy to the squad in the sheds anybody who has these really weird little habits and nuances that uh you just love to share with us
2: uh It's a a very energetic uh, group, actually. Well, I've got the perfect answer for that, actually. Uh, We've got a prop called Darcy Brain, um, and we put on this song switch. When we're feeling a bit down, we play this song switch in the gym or just before field, and we'll just get in a circle and just start clapping, and he does this. This dance routine that just gets all the boys up—it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I have to send you boys a video. Uh, yeah, I love it's, it's to a, see it. Yeah, it's a it's it's going to be a, probably a post-match celebration this year. It has to be. So no, nah, it's, it's it's good fun and it definitely gets the boys up after a big day of training.
1: How good, how good. Well, we've already answered the next question of um, any actually no, we haven't got no, we to haven't. this yet. I'm wrong. Any hints towards who might be the captain for this year, mate?
2: Yeah. I'll give you a few. Uh, he's a he's a fifty capper for the Tars. He's probably our most experienced player, and he's he's Mr. Alive. brings a lot of energy. Our uh, number nine, Jakey Gordon. I'm sure it's already been released by now, but yeah, I can't wait to, to to have him as skipper. He's he's brought a definite sense of maturity over the last couple of years. Getting to know him, and this year especially, he wants to make the place a better, uh, the club a better place, and yeah, he's, he's already put lots of stuff in place for us to be better as a, as a group. And yeah, I can't wait to get on the field with him. I love playing with him. So looking forward to
1: it. How good, how good.
0: Now, if we look at the structure of the season, we're moving into with 2021, it's quite unique to what we've had in the past. uh, What with super rugby AU up first and then the Kiwis in the second half of the year with the Tran Tasman comp. Um, Does this competition format for you personally look viable in the future?
2: I think it's very exciting. I mean, I really enjoyed Super Rugby AU last year, getting those local derbies and essentially a Wallabies trial every week. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then building that momentum into the New Zealand games. Uh, last year, I got to play pretty much every single New Zealand side. So, pardon me, I, I really, it tests you know, they're the best club sides in the world. So it tests you out and it's such good competition. I think the structure of and how it's going to work, I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully COVID doesn't really ruin too much of it. Um, but like I said, can't wait to get over and play against the Kiwis and get a few wins. Obviously, it's a bit disappointing being a young fella not getting to travel to you know, places like South Africa and Japan. Yeah. I, I was a couple of weeks off last year and it was yep. we going to do the, um, a good trip apparently. So <laughs> anyway, you take them on the chin and you just got to – I'm just excited to play footy. That's that's the main thing, right?
0: And looking at the TARS um... – draw for that Trantasman comp uh it looks quite like a lot of travel you're home away home away home away particularly with that super round which hasn't yet been announced where it is but the talk is Auckland is that something that's sort of on your radar that there will be that constant travel in that competition to be honest mate I haven't even really thought about it too much well
2: now you can yeah now I can um oh I don't mind it um to be honest, with this, all this COVID stuff happening, I wouldn't be surprised if we're all in a bubble playing yeah. in New Zealand or Australia. Yep. Um, but I'm not complaining going over to Tasman every second weekend and playing some good footy. I mean, they've got some really good grounds over there and they'll be at full capacity stadiums as well. So there's lots yep. of lots of things to look forward to. There lots of positive things, but also want to get those home games in and hopefully uh, the government sort of restricts uh, eases, the restrictions, Let, eases yeah. the restrictions so we can yeah. get some numbers through the gates and put on a show.
1: You got a couple of games out at Bank West, which is fantastic. It's probably the, one of the best stadiums for to be there as a c- member of the yeah. crowd. You guys keen to be playing out there?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, as a playing group, we sort of spoke about um, wanting to play at the more suburban grounds, like your Brookvale and your yeah. Leichhardt, because I think that's a, a you, you really feel the crowd and the the energy that they bring, um, like that game in was last year, I really enjoyed it. But just because mm. of, purely because of COVID, um, it was really unfortunate because you can't have it's only a seated crowd, yeah. So you wouldn't get anyone on the hill or anything. So, but I, I, I like Bankwest; it's really good facilities and it's a good game to watch and play footy at.
1: So shifting now then to the Wallabies, you got to have a chance to be with the Wallabies set up for the whole of the international period. Um, What were some of the things that you took away from that experience being with the green and gold for that length of time?
2: Yeah, it was definitely an eye-opening and uh, sort of a money-can't-buy experience, to be honest. Uh, I learned a lot, developed my game a lot, Uh, I sort of was just trying to be a sponge and immerse myself with a lot of the great players in the in the setup and, and the great coaches um, who had a lot of time for me and took a lot of time into my game. So I learned a lot in terms of just being more of a ball player and or an organiser. Um, but also I spent a lot of time doing a lot of mental um, stuff. So they had a full-time sports psych in there and I've never really done any of that to be honest and it opened up a whole nother avenue for me. So I've taken that to this year to try and build a bit more consistency in my game and hopefully they'll get me a cap by the end of the year with the Wallabies.
0: And with some of those tight games with Rhys Hodge not quite able to convert those few points at the end, obviously with your (laughs) well um, successful record in Super Rugby last year, were you sitting in the crowd thinking, oh man, I could have knocked that one over?
2: (laughs) I don't think I'd be able to knock the one over from 78 metres, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely wanted to get a game in there, and uh, I sort of got tapped on the shoulder early on by um, Dave, who who said to me, "Mate, you're here for more of the experience," but I sort of took that took that the right way, and was like, well, I'm gonna try and prove him wrong, and I got pretty close um, against that last in the last Argentina game, but didn't get the chocolates. But if anything, it's made me more keen to um, have a good season this year and cement a spot in the 23 next year for the Wallabies or this year, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You were it's talking about some of the um things, some of the mental side of things with the sports psychologist, and I know uh, James O'Connor has gone through a bit of like a complete rebuild as a human being through his savior world stuff. He's um, lived a d- few lives. <laughs> He's definitely lived a few lives. That's a good way of saying it. Um, were you rooming with him for a little bit, or was it Noah who was rooming with him?
2: Noah roomed with um with Rabs and I were in with Madison for a couple of weeks.
1: So okay. Fun. What did, mm. was Papa able to pass on any particular kind of wisdom or guidance? What did you learn from rooming with him? Um, I just more
2: just sort of watched him and see what he did in terms of his preparation. And that sort of helped me out, especially early on in the camp. So getting to know him in the environment was, is really good uh, to build a relationship early on. So he was always, he was injured, but he was always willing to help give a helping hand and, have and he loved talking footy so, and he's a, got plenty of experience playing overseas for Leicester and stuff. So I just sort of was a sponge and just soaking in a lot of knowledge.
1: I mean, you played golf every morning as well with him.
2: <laughs> I'm not the best golfer, so I try to stay away from it. But <laughs> I do enjoy it. I'm just not that great at it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hear you, uh, Mitch. On
0: to you. So a bit of a fun question for you. Um, if you could play for any club in the world, where would you play and why?
2: Any club in the world, the City Roosters. Yeah, okay. Oh, Get out <laughs> of it. No, no I'm, joking. Just... I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was only joking. Um, it's a good question. Somewhere like Racing ninety two, uh, they've got a lot of success over in Paris and got unbelievable facilities. Um, follow Kurtley cool. over there. Yeah, follow KB. He looks like he's having a lot of fun. I don't but know how reckon... much rugby he's playing, but yeah. he's <laughs> having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. Somewhere in England as well, somewhere like Bath, where there's a lot of history to it. Uh, they got a really nice home ground and apparently a bit of in a inner castle as their facility. Don't know about the weather conditions either, but um, <laughs> a bit too cold for me and not many waves, but. Go down summer to Exeter,
1: mate. It's the closest, uh, best place for surfing in England. Well, closest Is it? to the goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exeter. Southwest it's Exeter. And they're not a bad
2: club either. So there you
1: go. <laughs> Probably the best in England at the moment. So. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah, club. yeah, good club. All right. So Rassing or maybe Exeter for the potential yeah. surfing in like the six weeks of English summer that they have. Yes, yes. Yeah. How me good. There. Um, jumping back onto the internationals, mate. So obviously, like you said, you weren't able to get onto the pitcher into 23. Um. Some of the coaches, like Matty Taylor or Scott Wisemantle, did they have any specifics for you that they recommended or gave you some guidance on that you took away and you'd be willing to share with us?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, my attack, my main work on for the attack that Dave and Wisey really emphasized on me uh, was just my uh, my ability to play flat. So um, just and varying that depth. So. You probably saw earlier in Super Rugby last year I was playing really deep and then I was throwing um, my twelve really deep. So this year I'm I'm trying to play a lot flatter and a lot of that comes from the ability of ball transfer from my from my passer to nine to The forwards a lot quicker. So I've been doing a lot of work at the Waratahs with um, our skills coach Shannon Fraser and he's been really good with with his time with me. So that that's definitely and from that experience with the is from what all they gave me it went up you know twenty percent. 30 but it's still got a bit to go it's evolving all that stuff and that's experience time to settle sort of stuff um and then day wise it's probably just uh my timing and first contact uh me and matty taylor worked hard in, in my extras yeah. and he was always pushing me to work hard and we had a really good relationship as i did with all the coaches so definitely there were the two takeaways for uh, my world of experience
1: Oh, good Oh, good
0: And last year was a pretty big year for Will Harrison. You made your debut for the Waratahs and you also cracked the the extended squad for the Wallabies. How is that all sort of sitting with you? Is it sunk in yet? Like, it's pretty crazy that you've done so much in one year.
2: Yeah, I sort of sat back um, over the Chrissy break and, you know, I was looking at my Christmas break last year. I was in Narrawally with a few family friends and we were just sort of having a practice, just having a beer and having a yarn and... Um, they're saying, what do you reckon about this year? And I say, oh, look, I'd love to be on the bench for the Wotars. Just crack crack a, crack a bench from the Wotars. <laughs> and to see uh, how much, you know, I went in one year is, is pretty crazy. And it gets me keen to get back into this year and the year after and the year after that just to keep building my ability. And, yeah, like I said, 2021 could be even better, hopefully. And I'm working really hard and hopefully get a bit more consist- consistency in my game.
1: Now, really important question we have for you. Um, When we're trying to chat about, particularly when the Waratahs play the Reds, it's a pain in the ass for anybody who's trying to commentate the game because you've got Will Harrison, you've got Will Harris, and Harry Wilson. All (laughs) three of you on the field at the same time. Do you have? uh, Yeah, I got him. Got him. Oh, did you? Sorry. Yep. So, um, do you have a nickname, or are there any other Wills or Harrises or Harrisons that are coming through that's going to make it even harder? How How do we differentiate between all you guys?
2: Yeah, we got we, in the Waratah school. We actually got a Harrison Wilson. Oh, you <laughs> so serious? Another, another <laughs> Harry Wilson.
1: Yeah, a young. Okay. He's
2: a good. He's a funny fella as well. He'll be quality in a few years' time. What position? This year even he's an outside back. He's okay. sort of utility back and play anywhere. He's playing at Eastwood. Uh, he's a really good fella. So you might see him pop popping and out. His young. His younger brother Teddy. He's a he's a good up and coming halfback as well. He just came out of school. But to answer your question, um, <laughs> people call me Harrow. So, Harris. That's my there we go, I mate. Call Harris. Will Harris gets called Yaris,
1: Toyota Yaris. <laughs> Isn't he too big it, to fit in a Toyota Yaris? Yeah, too tall. Yeah. Um, and then we
2: call, well, I call Harry Wilson Wilson. Wilson. So, there, there, go. We go. Haro, there we go. There
0: we go. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Now, if we move away from rugby and look at yourself as a person and not a rugby player, if it wasn't rugby, what sport would you like to be doing professionally?
2: Um, definitely not golf <laughs> <laughs> the prize money is good but I'm not that like, Um look I was definitely surfing um, I could be a pro surf you know they get to travel the world every year, surf the best waves every year and have a good time while they do it I reckon that'd be I could see myself in that setup. Um, cricket, I've been enjoying watching the cricket as well recently they might need a, a batsman and opening batter in there so I can <laughs> I've got a pretty steady hand
1: I think most of Australia is putting up their hand for that one. Mate. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, cool. So if you had the opportunity, there's no COVID, nothing like that. And you can travel to two places in the world that you always wanted to go. What are those two places?
2: My mates were meant to go on a surf trip to the Mentowies last year. They got canceled. No, obviously couldn't go because it was the middle of footy season. So definitely the Mentowies with the boys. Um, second place, probably Japan. Yeah. Um, Great culture, great food. They got the snow and they've got the surf, so probably
1: Japan. Yeah, great choice. Great
0: choice. Awesome. Yeah, I was in Japan for the World Cup 2019 and incredible, incredible. Rugby and Japan just go so well together.
2: I'm pretty sure they grew like post that World Cup. They grew ridiculously in their participation rates in rugby. So, yeah, yeah, I, I did set record in you know, a couple of years' time they'll be a force for you reckon with the Japanese,
0: you know. Well, their performance alone was just amazing. But I yeah, can a few times we were in places that wasn't remotely anything to do with rugby, like in fashion stores and fabric stores and all this kind of stuff. And they're watching the Japanese rugby team on TVs behind crazy. the counter. They which just, was great just, for me. Yeah. Because I could watch the yeah. game with them. Yeah. And
2: they just lo- they just love it. Eh? Anything uh that has their nation involved in it, they just they'll, they'll watch the Japanese bobsled bobsled team go around and they have to very so, passionate, Nazi,
1: yeah. yeah. I've never considered that Japan has a bobsled team. That's... they wouldn't
2: do they? I'm just putting it out there.
1: <laughs> I know, I know you're just putting it out there, but now I really <laughs> want to look that up.
0: But I got uh, the yeah, snow, they so they could train. I Good definitely the, no,
2: anything the Japanese can do they would anything Japanese would do they they definitely would do. do yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Mitch. Last question. Last question. Um, you're inviting a lady friend over for a special dinner. What's your go-to in the kitchen?
2: Yeah, I'd probably go a nice marinated salmon with a bit of soy sauce, garlic. Um, cook some brown rice, and then have some bok choy and broccoli in dipped Ooh. in oyster sauce. So oh, yeah, wow. yeah. that's sounds. I'm that sounds super great. hungry now, and a glass of rosé to top it off. Mate. all
0: right you can cook dinner for us anytime yeah
1: more than welcome boys but that is uh <laughs> without a doubt we've, we've asked that question to each person we've interviewed so far and i'm pretty i think i can pretty confidently say that was the most enticing or appetizing meal yeah. that we've heard can, so cook. Far. can cook can cook can <laughs> cook all right ladies you've heard it here first um to like the two ladies that listen to this pod but that's yeah. okay <laughs> it will go right. after this oh, hopefully <laughs> um mitch any final questions you wanted to ask whilst we still got will with us
0: I mean, I, I could ask hundreds of questions, but... Um, far away. Who are you most looking forward to coming up against this year, either internationally or domestically?
2: Teams or players.
0: Either. So is there a particular player that you love playing against so far or is there just one team, uh, like the Reds, that you just want to smash?
2: Yeah, the Reds is a pretty obvious, obvious <laughs> one, but I reckon also to beat the Brumbies would be something pretty special you know they're... so close last oh
0: season. that hurt yeah oh,
2: they didn't deserve that win <laughs> gives me tingles that game so yeah. to get revenge on them and not playing minus two degrees in Canberra again would be also great <laughs> yeah but um yeah look definitely I love playing against Noah as well you know we've had a good friendship and played yeah. a lot of footy together over the years so to get one up on him and the Brumbies boys would be pretty special this year so
0: that'd be pretty good cool looking out for that one
1: now, you attended um, Marcellin College in Randwick. From what I yeah. know, that's a pretty big league school. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it's a
2: big league school. My, one of my good mates, Campbell Graham, he plays, uh, he's been playing for South Sydney the last three years, so produced boys like Nat Butcher, playing the Roosters, Brayton Astor went there. So, yeah, it's, it's a predominant league school. They don't play any bit of rugby there.
1: so 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 was it your father's um rugby union history that brought you into union or was there a big pull in your life between union and league as you were growing up
2: so i sort of started off at a young age playing rugby um because my dad and my brother sort of got us into it when i was younger so i started playing when i was four and i've always i always liked watching and playing league um so going, to my, I was looking forward to going to Marcelin, you know, having that my dad's been there and my brother goes there and I had a lot of mates from other schools coming from primary school to there. Yep. I was really looking forward to it. And then it did, there was definitely, you know, after I played a few years of of, rugby, of league at school and um, all my mates from union were playing, you know, first 15. So they, they sort of stopped at a club footy. Um, I was, I actually played a full year of rugby, full year of league without rugby or not a full year, sorry, a couple of months. And then. I got asked to play Colts at Ramweek. So I started playing Colts when I was, um, midway through year 10. So I was playing Colts on the Saturday and league on the Sunday.
1: That's wow. huge! That's massive. Yeah. They're big school, boys.
2: School footy on the Thursday. It <laughs> <laughs> was a big week of footy, which was good. I loved. And then it came to the point the year, uh, the year after that I broke my leg and then made a strong school boys And there was no looking back after that. So yeah. I've always yeah. loved, always love. I love playing league. Uh, I love watching league but it doesn't none, nothing in comparison to to rugby absolutely adore the sport and it's given me so much so I've got a bit to give back to it
1: what are some of the differences there that you really love from union to league and this genuinely is not like a hey let's bag out league that's not the question but what is it that really draws you into union
2: yeah unions probably uh, in, in terms of um, tactics, you gotta be really more tactically aware, especially the five five eight. And I see it as it's a lot less structured. So you see Lee, you got five tackles, kick the ball and they and every team does the same thing. Whereas in union each team has a different approach to it, you know. It's a lot of statistics with kicking and set, set piece. Like if if your set piece is going backwards in in union, then the game's nearly over you know like it's such a crucial part of the game and league has none of that so there's so many different areas of union that I think is a lot more diverse to league I'm not bagging out league or anything but it's just it's 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 a different game it's such a different game and you know people say it's not it's just the same football same post <laughs> but it's, it's such a different game and you know I, I wouldn't know the the tactics in league and the specifics in league but I know rugby and it's it's a lot more um, challenging uh, and it, take, it break down like our coaches and our analysts do so much work each week, every day. So, yeah.
1: How good. How good. Um, one of the things I most remember from last season is that Superman effort you made. I can't remember specifically which game it was. Maybe you oh, remember. It's, it's the, the Rebels. 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 Mm. The Rebels match.
0: Last yeah, the, the, the dive over the, the edge. edge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah um well i guess there's two points well one main point um the one that i was pointing out was actually his save when the ball was going over the edge of the line to keep it in and then to grab it and keep running uh, but then the second yeah. thing oh, that gosh. was yeah yeah that was against the force thanks and then the second one was obviously the charge down that you got off hoops um yeah. who really set you up for that how did it feel to just crack that duck and to actually get your first super try
2: yeah, I was talking about it all week, especially to Jake Gordon. I was like, mate, if I don't get the try this week, I could be in trouble for a nudie. So. And I saw J- Joey Walden got his first try and I was like, oh, he's got it before me. i got no chance. And then as soon as I saw who's sniffing around that charge down, I was like, um, we're going to be on, on here. On. And, then it just, and the
1: ball just bounced, couldn't be more perfectly it into my hands. So I was just
2: like, I was just too excited.
1: So, you weren't really that excited to score a try. It was more you were just excited about avoiding the nudie run. That was the thing. Yeah, pretty on. much.
2: Oh, I was pretty jaded about scoring a try. Um,
0: <laughs> no, the, the celebration was awesome.
2: Yeah, the celebration. Yeah, it was good, it was good fun. Um, pity, pity no one had a spare five bucks to put on me any time try score <laughs> ever.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Um, well, mate, I think I'm pretty much flush out of questions. Mitch, any final thing that you wanted to touch on?
0: No, not really. I just, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, looking forward to the season. As you said before, we've been looking at it the wrong way, Ando. We need to yeah. be last well, more- half empty, half full, boys. That's right. That's right. And that's you, you true. Could, well, like, last year, we were also not too sure how the season was going, and you got some. You played really well, so yeah, yeah. there were some tight games.
2: If, yeah, if you if you if you're looking from my point of view, I'm more confident individually and. More of the team going
1: yeah. in this year, so yeah. I mean, I guess that's a part of what we've been, we have been saying in regards to our thoughts about the Waratahs is that the the team, the young players that were coming through last year, such as yourself, such as Will Harris, such as Joey Walton, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera yeah. James Ram, yeah. like Mark Noanga Nitawase, like could could name a whole bunch of players. Exactly. They they've all got that experience from last year that we're building upon, and that means that there's from the way that I'm thinking about it that there's going to be a lot of wonderful moments throughout the season but perhaps there might also be a few moments where the lack of experience does come to play yep. just, we're just where that's our fear but you're um, y- you're your wary. confidence yeah yeah your confidence is giving me confidence yeah <laughs>
2: just, just give, yeah
0: come to the games and oh we'll love, be there you love, Don't you worry, we've, we've got our memberships we'll be there yeah Can't unreal
1: place. unreal i'm happy i'm happy you're aboard well, mate, why don't we finish it up there? Um, Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and to chat all things TARS. Um, We somehow managed to bring every single podcast that we have back to the TARS, even when we're chatting last week about the Brumbies or the Force or whatever it is. We somehow always get it back to the TARS. So it's wonderful to actually have an entire pod where we get to chat to a TARS player and just talk TARS. It's good. It's yeah. the best. It's a, TARS. Well, you talk about it
2: because it's the best side in Super Rugby. So. That's, right. Best, <laughs> That's right. Best team, best culture
1: awesome no bias whatsoever so no thank bias. you so much for your time yeah. you have been incredible and have a wonderful evening cheers boys you too hey up the tars up the tars and thank you so much to will harrison for that interview he was an absolute legend to come onto the pod and Look, Mitch, were there any particular standouts from you? I personally love the fact that he's still at home with the parents in the background. It's nice to know <laughs> that professional super rugby players can still be at home. Um, was there anything that was a takeaway for
0: you? Yeah, I was really surprised at how optimistic he's been about this upcoming season. We were a little yeah, bit taken yeah, aback. Yeah. Um, we, we've we been very open and said that we don't think the Waratahs are going to go too well this year, but I was surprised at how quickly he turned us around and how much he stuck it back at us. I thought that was great. Bit of banter back and forth, and a little bit of legitimacy there as well. He's got me. He's got me believing again.
1: He's got. He's definitely got me hoping. I think that was like actually that was my realistic takeaway from the interview.
0: Hard over mine though. It's hard, over my yeah,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. If like, if I'm being objective, he hasn't changed my objective opinion, but he's changed what I want from the season. You know, like he, he's given me hope. Yeah, of he's reignited really that happen. spark. Exactly, exactly. And I really enjoyed that because what it's also showing is that there's a level of um, that they're, they're not being unrealistic in their expectations, but they're just recognizing that the expectations that people have are almost freeing in a way. Because it frees them up to play in a style and a brand that suits them and hopefully draw some uh, enthusiasm, some plaudits for an attacking style of rugby to just bring people back to hope that the Waratahs can be doing some good things, hopefully this season, but also into the future. Um, I was really encouraged by that.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, why don't we um, look at their performance last year and we'll try not to cry and be too miserable about it all. (laughs) Yep, I agree. Let's go. Okay, so the Waratahs finished fourth in Super Rugby AU. Their, their list of wins from Super Rugby AU was four from eight, which, I mean, this is a little bit of a tight spot for me. The Rebels only got three from eight and we got four from eight, yet they still managed to get more bonus points than us and secure that final. So don't want to be too too sore a loser about that, but ouch. Um yep. if, but if we look at the start of the season in super rugby, the normal format, it was one win from six games and that was just really mm. not up to scratch.
1: It was really poor and there were some absolute drubbings there by was it it's so long ago now. Was it the Chiefs and the Brumbies who absolutely belted us? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, the Rebels also yep.
0: put it to us as well. So,
1: oh, oh, it's, it was so painful. I've deliberately erased it from my mind. <laughs> um, so, it wasn't, it was a horrible start to Super Rugby regularly. And then the Super Rugby AE competition, there were some really good moments. I mean, we've yeah. spoken about it before. We were at that uh, Waratah's Reds game where we absolutely we've got to say it, we've to got to bring store. it up. <laughs> and um, so, Mitch Evans, yeah, just remember that match. We yep. wrecked you in that one game. So we'll forget. And we're coming for well. your
0: round one this year. We're coming for you. <laughs>
1: true, <laughs> true. Um, now, why don't I quickly go through the team ins and outs for the season? Um, I'm just going to run through both, and I'm starting from the forward pack. Well, before you go, we'll through- just we'll just oh, summarize.
0: Good. I think this is the theme of the Waratahs this year. Oh, we've yeah. signed eight yep, players yep. for 2021, and we've lost 21. Just yeah. absolutely crazy. But ando, run through the list.
1: Cool. We'll comment on that bit in a moment. Okay, yes. so I'm going from forwards to the backs. Uh, Charlie Abel to LA Guiltini's. Darcy Breen's gone back to shoot shield. Rory O'Connor to shoot shield. Tom Robertson over to the force. Damien Fitzpatrick retired. Andrew Tuala to shoot shield. Ned Haddigan and Jed Holloway have both gone to Japan. Ryan McCoy is over to the force. Rob Simmons to London, Irish Australia. Tom Staniforth to Castre over in French rugby michael hooper on one-year contract to toyota for blitz to play with kieran reed pat taffer has gone to japan michael mcdonald to the force Mitch short back to shoot shield mac mason to the austin gilgronies jack walsh over to england with the exeter chiefs uh kirtley beal to Racing 92 cam clark to san diego legion coc felice Sala to japan and carmichael hunt is clubless um then coming into the squad is to. Uh, Totola from Shoot Shield with Manly. Dave Parecki, if he exists as a human being, to London Irish. Uh, Sam Ked and Jack Wetton from New Zealand with the Blues and Highlanders, respectively. Sam Wikes from Japan with the Shimuzi Blues Sharks. Jack Grant uh, in Scrum Half from NTT Red Hurricanes in Japan. Tane Edmed promoted from Eastwood in Shoot Shield and Isaiah Parisi from Bayonne over in France. Parisi from Bayonne in France. So, yeah, not many coming in. Some good names coming in some but far more good names going out Mm.
0: okay i'm gonna ask you the hard question (laughs) yep who's the biggest outgoing name that hurts the most for you
1: uh okay we're not allowed to say michael hooper well because he's coming
0: back so he doesn't count
1: well he's a partial outgoing um oh god this is so hard can i have two
0: yeah you can have as many as you like but you can't have yeah cool
1: (laughs) <laughs> uh i'll have two forwards one in the backs can you tell me who i'm gonna say for the forwards and the backs one person from each predict who i'm gonna uh, say uh
0: so you're gonna say ned hannigan yep and you're gonna say Carmichael michael hunt and dick okay cool i mean it's almost we talk like about we, rugby too much. it's almost like we've done this already with another podcast
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, let's do a bit of shout out um, yeah. to Mitch Evans, or as we often refer to Rev. He has an episode, uh, a podcast called The Rugby Fixation, and we went onto to his podcast and did a bit of a preview of the Waratahs with them, and we spoke about this as well. So, yep, basically, my thought is Ned Hannigan. The loss of Ned Hannigan is really, really big for the Tars, and it's not even like he's going on a loan. This is a permanent transfer. This is a permanent deal over to France, uh, Japan, and... He, I've defended him so many times on a pod, I'm going to do it again because he's my boy. I love him. Um, Ned Hannigan has been degraded, decried and bagged on in Australian rugby for years ever since his elevation to the Wallabies, probably ahead of his time by Michael Checker. I think Checker promoted him to to the Wallabies, seeing what and who he could be rather than who he was at that point in his development. Um, And he has had a standout year for himself in australian rugby both at a super and a wallabies level he has not been kind of busting lines in general and kind of dominating with tackles and turnovers he has been doing a very good job in his core roles and has been integral within the general success the Tars had last season I say hesitantly in Super AU but also he was actually a really good player for the Wallabies this season as well Um, so he's in my mind the biggest loss in the forwards and then Carmichael Hunt I mean if we were to run through the starting the likely starting back line for the Waratahs that the experience is basically non-existent. And then you get rid of a player of Carmichael Hunt's ability and experience who probably wasn't expecting to be starting every week, but maybe be on the bench or just be a squad player. And you get rid of his experience and you release him when he would have signed for pennies. He's, he said he would have signed if they'd offered him a contract, even if it was a small one. Like, why, why not? It just absolutely boggles the mind that he was not signed back
0: on. I mean, um, the only thing I can say in that, is that we do know the Waratahs are financially struggling this year. There has already been other, in recent weeks, other sort of worrying signs coming out in terms of letting go of positions that aren't even in the playing roster that are kind of, off-field managerial positions that they're letting go of and just not replacing. So we know that yep. they're really sort of they're struggling. They're, the ship is sinking slowly. Um, they have also signed Isaiah Parisi, and for me, I think that they've put that money that was potentially put aside for Hunt into getting and securing a, a big star like Parisi. So I just don't think they've got the finance to keep both of those guys on the books.
1: Yeah, but with the amount of money that they saved from Curly Beal going, from Ned Hannigan, from Rob Simmons, um, from who else could I be naming It's a quality player? Like Jed Holloway, Tom Staniforth, um, Tom Robertson, all gone. Like all of those quality players are gone. And who have we brought in that's going to be commanding anywhere near that amount of money? Literally nobody except for maybe... Maybe Parisi. So we've lost like eight quality players to gain one potentially quality player. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I really. What the hell is going on with New South Wales rugby? Oh, oh, sorry. They're actually a separate entity. What is going on with the Waratahs that they are hemorrhaging that much money that they get rid of almost all their experienced players and don't sign anybody that's big money except for maybe Parisi.
0: Like maybe maybe they were this, reliant on the top-ups of rugby australia to for the contracts to keep their mm. their wallabies players in contract and they can't yeah. do that anymore without that so i don't know I don't know what's going there on. There must
1: be, yeah. There's something fishy and something bad going on at the Waratahs and in rugby with New South, well, with rugby in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Tars squad is in this position is really, really worrying. And this is coming from two players, uh, two pundits who are diehard War- uh, Waratahs fans. Like we love the club. We're members. We're going to the games this season. We'll be there. We've got the
0: merch and stuff. We get. We, we love the task. Oh, they have. A- we can't even buy merch yet. Yeah, not but yet. We're, okay. sitting, well, we're sitting two or three weeks out from the start of Super Rugby AU and yeah. the Waratahs haven't even released any of their merchandise for this year.
1: Which, which they doing sneak previews for for the yeah. last month. Just show us. Just show us.
0: Like, yeah, Didn't people they
1: then release the kit and then pull the kit like uh, a few yeah. hours later?
0: Bit of a debacle there, but they just need to get the merchandise out there and let people actually start to buy things because that's the only way they're going to make money. It's just... I don't know what it is The Brumbies have already announced That's another thing This week that They've announced their jerseys And they're For 2021 They're $100 Oh It's
1: what, so can good we just support the Brumbies Like oh, the I can't merch do that no, And the organisation actually works like, oh, actually, I'd rather support Queensland. the force if I'm wanting I, to go I'd for an I'd organized... i
0: support the Reds. I don't know if I could support the Brumbies. They've hurt us too really? many times. That victory yeah, over us last year, it's just, it's done it. It's the icing. Yeah, that was pretty icing bad. On the cake. Anyway, let, we're a positive <laughs> podcast. So let's let's get out of the doom and gloom. Let's look at who we've signed. So yeah, I'm okay. going to start this one. Um, I'm really excited by the, the signing of Isaiah Parisi. Um, yeah, i cool. said it on rugby fixation. I'm going to say it again. I really feel like he has the potential... He's the sort of player like a young Kirtley Beal. He's got that yep. step. He's able to break the line. He's got the offload, I think. And I don't know where we're going to see him play yet, potentially on the wing to start with and then shift into the centers as the season wears on. But yeah, I just really think he's going to bring a bit of a spark to that back line. And if he can get the combination working really well with the centers of Joey Walton and Tepai Morera, I'm really excited to see how this back line can start to fire.
1: That's even if Tepai Moera does actually start in the centres. It's an interesting one. Like if we were to try and pick our back line, it'd be really hard to do because there are a few positions, particularly in the centres, that are up for grabs. Yep. Yep. Um, My player that I'm really keen for, which we may not see that much, but I'm excited to potentially see him, is Tane Edmed from Eastwood. Uh, I watched a few of the um, Eastwood games as they did their finals run in a shoot shield last year. And he was a class above a step above a lot of the other players on the field. He has lightning quick feet is really, really keen to take the ball to the line, but also has a good uh, passing game too. I'm just excited to see him be somebody who can be a good backup for Will Harrison, along with potentially Ben Donaldson. We haven't heard that much about him this year. But he has um, I'm been, assuming... he there. He is there. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him now in some of the um, social media, which is good. Uh, so he is still in a squad. I think it's going to be between Donaldson and... Well, it is going to be between Donaldson and Edmund to be the backup for Harrison. I would like to see Donaldson be the one to build upon a couple of appearances he had yep. off the bench last year uh, and Edmund to earn his place, not just kind of walk into that second... Uh, second in line. Uh, but we definitely need to have somebody as a backup for Harrison because he had, he had a pretty decent, he, he grew into his super rugby campaign, as he spoke about um, in the interview. But we need to have somebody in case he goes down. We don't want to have a situation like with the Brumbies where the, they were really stuck when Alessia got injured. Yes. And I mean, Bailey Kunzel did pretty well, but it, he took a few games to really grow into it. And I'd rather have somebody with 20 minutes of experience per game to step into that breach
0: if required. Yeah, yeah, awesome. If we shift to the forwards, I'm really look, looking forward to seeing how um, Sam White's goes. I know he's probably yeah, okay. not as exciting as the other two locks that we've brought in in Sam Caird and Jack Wetton, but he's been around Australian rugby for a while. These other two guys are coming in from New Zealand, so. Whilst they're probably good signings, they may not be able to fit right into the Australian culture. Sam Wykes is an Australia, uh, New South Wales Welshman. He was he's been playing his juniors through Southern Districts, so it's great to see him actually get to play Super Rugby for the Waratahs, um, and he's just got experience in that setup. So he's been with the Western Force um, for a, a few years ago now, and then most recently with the Sunwolves. So I'm, I I mm. would like to see him start over one of these other guys um, and pair up with them. Potentially even have someone like, yeah, actually, no, it's going to be one of these three guys. It's going to start the two, two guys will start this season. But yeah, I just really think that he's going to bring, he's a little bit older as well. So he's going to bring a bit of leadership to that second row.
1: Yeah, I think um, for me from the Ford pack, it's Jack Wetton that I'm keen to see play. So I'm kind of, I feel like I have an idea of what Wikes is going to be bringing to the team. Um, I, I haven't seen... I can't recall seeing much of Jack Wetton, but um, Mitch Evans' rev speaks pretty highly of him. And Wetton also is qualifies for Australian... Although his father played for the All Blacks, he qualifies for Australia through his grandparents. So considering the dearth of um, of locks that we have in Australian rugby, if he has a good season, like any second rowers in Australian rugby who have a good season could very easily see themselves in the Worldby squad. Mm-hmm. So he may, if he has a good season receive an invitation which he may or may not accept considering that his dad played for the all blacks um but at least he qualifies so it's adding somebody into that potential mix for the wallabies team down the track cool. so him in now believe me later jack went will be a wallaby at the end of the year
0: oh let's put that on our no. socials <laughs> no please don't <laughs> all right cool well if we look at how how do we think they're going to finish up for 2021 and uh, i'll let you answer this one first where do you pick the waratahs to finish
1: um i uh, uh do i do i have to be honest
0: oh, we're we're an honest we're a positive we're an open podcast so yes you have to be honest
1: yeah okay i think they're gonna get the wooden spoon okay um now but saying that i am not happy about it and things could change we mentioned in the last pod that that third to fifth on the ladder is really interchangeable. And I think any of the teams could swap positions with any of the others. Um, I think that would be the case. Uh, I still think that would be the case one week later. And yeah, I really based on the lack of names that they've brought in to replace the experience they've lost. I don't think that the, forward pack will really be able to stand up, particularly if they have a couple of injuries in the team, yep. Um particularly in the front row. Like if you have Angus Bell or Harry Johnson Holmes go down, the replacements just aren't on the same kind of level and quality. Um, they're not in t- particularly bad. Like Chris Talakai is decent. Tetra Fork is decent as well. um I love Totola has come in from shoot shield. Like they've, they've got a couple of okay replacements, but the, Beyond the first 15, I'm just not convinced about the quality of the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that we'll probably finish fifth, particularly if we pick up a couple of injuries.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I've got them finishing fourth or fifth. Um, yeah, okay. Again, like we've said, that those last three spots, third, fourth, fifth, really could go... At this stage, we're not sure. They could go to anyone um, mm-hmm. outside of the the Brumbies or the Reds. We just don't know what form's going to be for all of these these teams moving into Super Rugby AU 2021. Um, my heart says fifth only because we've got lack of leadership. We've got Jake Gordon coming in as the, as the captain this year. And I guess he was the best choice out of what we had, but he still, I don't think, is the, a good choice for captain. Um, he was struggling to get game time last year through injury. So if he has another season this year, similar to last year, we're potentially gonna see our captain sitting on the sideline for a few months, which isn't just a little bit worrying. I don't know who outside of that they choose. Again, mm. that lack of um that lack of depth. If we get some even looking at the back line, if we get some injuries to Will Harrison, Jake Gordon, yep. or some of the wider backs, I don't know if those guys coming in are gonna be able to be of that required level. Um who goes
1: fifteen know? if Maddox is injured?
0: James Rand like, who is what I'm calling. But
1: yeah, but like that I'm exactly. just, yeah, yeah I know. supporting That's your right.
0: point. Yeah, we, we've got those big issues. We know that Super Rugby AU is a sprint. It's not a long season. You can't afford to drop a game or two. If we do lose some of those big players that we've only got a handful of now, um, we're really going to be struggling to get out of the, sort of get through the pool stages, if so to speak. So, yeah, I really f- feel like we're probably going to aim for fourth, uh, fifth, sorry. Um, I'd be happy with fourth. I don't see us getting any higher than that. Yeah, a
1: really interesting point. Um, I'm just going to... I mean, we've shouted them out a few times this episode, but uh, Rugby Fixation have just released um, a spreadsheet that they've typed up, which has the Super Rugby Caps from their respective uh, Super Rugby teams. Uh And the Waratahs... By a long way, have the most inexperienced starting, likely starting fifteen in the entire competition, and oh my goodness, the international experience is shocking. So let me just quickly run through the Super Rugby caps average for the starting fifteen, likely starting fifteen for the Waratahs is twenty-one, okay? Reds thirty-four, Rebels thirty-nine, Force forty-six, Brumbies forty-eight. Then for the international caps. The starting average is two. For the Reds, nine. For the Rebels, 13. For the Force, 22. And for the Brumbies, 15. So we have one, two, three, four, five players in the entire Waratahs, likely 23, who have more than one game of international experience. Yep. That's, oh, it's just bad yeah it's just poor so look i think fourth or fifth is realistic from both of Mm -hmm. us in regards to our picks we we have a young squad will Harrison has given us hope
0: yeah we wanted to be as optimistic after will harrison's interview as possible but yeah you know it's going to be a hard season
1: yeah and look i hope for more we'll be at the games um i'm very very excited to go out and support and cheer them on uh but we'll have to live in hope i think
0: yeah Awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Waratahs, Ando, before we moved on? I think um, we, sh- we can probably
1: finish it up there. But yep. I th- w- before we do that, I think we really need to like get it on a bit of an upbeat because we've just finished yeah, on a downer with them. Um, as-, as Will Harrison was saying previously, go out and support the TARs. They are a team that is going... They're a young team. They have a lot of experience, which has developed particularly a lot of inexperience, but it has developed from some really good performances at times last year. A lot of the young players from that under-20s Australia squad from a couple of year back, years back that did really, really well have are coming through. You've got really exciting players across the field in Angus Bell, Tom Horton, Harry Johnson Holmes, Lockie Swinton, Tizano, Harrison, Nwanganita Tawase. Yeah. Okay yeah like there are some really genuinely exciting players like they may not be the most consistent but there are going to be some moments of brilliance across this season and I, whilst I'm not confident about their position on a ladder at the end of the season there are going to be some wonderful games and some wonderful moments throughout the season and for that I think they deserve our support and deserve our time both watching the game if you can't get out to the matches or buying what's actually a pretty darn cheap membership for like a four game flexi um, it's how much was the membership again? Like sixty bucks or something? Yeah, like that? something. Yeah, yeah, something that's really affordable yeah. for what you're getting. Yeah, so just get along to it. It's it's cheap. It's affordable, and the games are they've spread them across what the SFS wanted. No, Bankwest um,
0: Stadium, ANZ Stadium, and the SCG.
1: Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Um, two, two at Bankwest as well, isn't it? So okay. there's going to be, that's a great stadium to go to. So it's, it's well worth your time to get out and support the TARS. That's probably enough of a plug. I just, I just thought we needed to pick things up a bit.
0: Yep. Lovely. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. We will be on our last episode of the preview next week with the Western Force and um, stay tuned for who our special guest will be. All right, let's go. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.